In July of 2021, my friends and I went to Yellowstone and I actually faced a grizzly. And this is worse. So I'm glad to be here, but it's hard. It's, it is a difficult thing to stand before 500 people, but we have a message today I want to share with you. I hope you will enjoy. In 1959, when I was very, very, very young, a man named Stuart Hamlin wrote a song called How Big Is God? And by the way, it is in our view, I call the Linwood book, the Kevin book. And it's a beautiful song with a great message. And the chorus goes like this. How big is God? How big and wide his vast domain? To try to tell these lips can only start. He's big enough to rule his mighty universe yet small enough to live within my heart. I want to share today with you how big is God. Now, I want to tell you that I'm going to fail in that endeavor. I will not come close to even seeing how big God is and how worthy uh, is the Lamb. 10,000 times 10,000 angels in heaven cannot adequately show how great Christ is and how big God is, but they tried their best. We will too one day in heaven. Uh, we all want to go there, and that's why we serve God the way that we do. God is big. Now, I found a story that as I was beginning to write a little series on this subject, over in John, the 21st chapter, that I thought did a good job of showing just how big God really is. The story here is... John adds this chapter, it seems later, about one more appearance of Jesus on the Sea of Galilee, the Sea of Tiberias. And he begins this dialogue. He says, there were together, verse two, Simon, Peter, and Thomas called Didymus, and Nathaniel of Canaan and Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. These seven men, decide to go fishing. The Lord has, had been there for a while. He'd left them, so they were probably restless. Their hands needed to be busy. They decided to go fishing, and they followed Peter. Well, they fish all night, as you who fish know that can happen. And early in the morning, the next morning, the Lord comes walking in the water, or walking there on the, well, he did that too later, but walking there on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. And he said, did you catch anything? And they said, no. And he said, well, cast your net on the right side of the boat. And they uh, obediently did that. And they brought in 153 fish. We know because John tells us that later. And the fish were so heavy that they could not actually pull the net into the boat, they just kind of began to come to shore and drag the net behind them. Well, when John sees this happen, John said in verse 7, therefore the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, uh, it's the Lord. Now the others did not recognize that, but John recognized that it is the Lord. One man wrote this, I want to I'll share with you. He said, the words of John, it is the Lord, ought to be the conviction with which we go out to examine all the events and the circumstances of our daily life. It is the Lord. Let me say this to begin. 
if we don't see the Lord in everything, I believe our God is too small for us. Now we understand we have, we have free will. We understand that we make good decisions, bad decisions, but even the bad decisions, I mentioned Yellowstone, I'll mention that maybe a time or two. Uh, I know that Randy is here today, my buddy Todd's here, Roy probably is here somewhere. When we went to Yellowstone, I did that on a whim, and it was one of the dumbest things I've ever done as far as deciding to go on Wednesday to go on a 65-mile hike. It's not a walk in the park either. It was not a smart decision. I wouldn't trade it for the world because it was amazing. By the way, if you go to my, I have a website called frontporchgospel.com, and you can read the whole book. It literally is a book by 26 chapters of that adventure. But you know, that was a bad decision, but God doesn't give up on us because we make bad decisions. He, he was with us in that great journey as he is every day of our lives. And so we see that the Lord is big enough to be with these seven men in this boat. Now I want you to notice here the, the group of people who are in this, one man calls the, the eloquent catalog. I think it's eloquent because of the four different groups we have here in John 21. There is Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathaniel of Cana and the sons of Zebedee and two other of his disciples. Do you notice here how he begins this catalog? Not with Peter, James, and John. You would think because Peter was there and James was there and John was there. You would think he would say Peter, James, and John, but he does not because, first of all, John doesn't mention his name ever in his gospel. He begins with Simon Peter and with Thomas. And here's my first point we want to make here. I have two points if I have time. Is God's grace is big enough to cover all seven men in that boat. Uh, God's grace is big enough to cover our sins and to cover us as well. Uh, God's grace is deep enough to go down to the deepest ocean or to the highest star. Uh, God's grace is amazing for all of us. And the two men who needed God's grace the most in this little catalog, these seven men, are Peter and Thomas. Because Peter has just only a few days before, has denied the Lord three times with cursing. What Peter did was a shame. What Peter does is a sin. And of course he lived with that. And Thomas, you read the 20th chapter, Thomas said, listen, if I can't see the nail prints, I'm not going to believe. He spent three years with Jesus, and yet he was not going to believe until he saw the true evidence. Uh, he was a doubter. So the, two, the first two mentioned here in this catalog are the two biggest sinners in the group. One of the reasons I wanted to share this is... Because I know that sometimes in church and with all of your friends, young people in particular, I guess, some people you know are hard to measure up to. You have friends and even older church members, perhaps, they're hard to measure up to. And you may think, you know, I can't be that. And because of that, sometimes uh, people leave the church. They can't ever be... Uh, Nathaniel or John 
or James. And so they get discouraged and leave. Listen, you don't have to measure up. You don't have to measure up. Uh, you need to do this. You need to make sure today that the one thing you never lose is your will, is your will to serve God. No matter what happens, you do the best you can and never lose that will. Uh, that's what Peter did. You know, Peter doesn't give up, on, or Lord, the Lord does not give up on Peter. In fact, later on, uh, the Lord has to have a little talk with him about, do you love me, Peter? A story you know well. That talk hadn't happened before, I guess. So Peter had to come to terms with Jesus, but the Lord gave him a position to preach the first, listen, the first gospel sermon was in the hands of Peter. And the second group here is only one, a man named Nathaniel. Now Nathaniel, we read about him in John the first chapter, and then we read about him in John the 21st chapter. I guess he was a man who, an apostle who probably just was steady, always there doing the right thing. Never, you could always count on Nathaniel, and maybe you can't measure up to Nathaniel. He was quite, no doubt, quite a preacher, quite a, an example, quite a disciple. But you don't have to. You don't have to measure up to Nathaniel. And then the next group are the sons of Zebedee. And, of course, this is James and John. And John is, some say, maybe the most Christ-like disciple of all the disciples. And how do you measure up to that? John is the disciple whom Jesus loved, as he says over and over. John, who writes the epistles. John, who writes Revelation. Oh, it's hard to measure up to that. But you know what? I'll tell you this. Nathaniel needed God's grace. And John needed God's grace as well as Thomas and Peter. And the last group I like a lot too, it may be you. He says, and two other of his disciples. I wonder how many today in our audience feel as if sometimes you aren't very important. Your name isn't a household name. By the way, my name isn't Steve Edwards. The Edwards will come next. I'm Stephen Bowen. But your name may not be a household name. And you may not feel very important because you can't do that much. You may be a one-talent person. But here we have two unnamed disciples that are mentioned here because God's grace covers those disciples as well. My daughter Rachel, we were talking about this. I I didn't tell her I was going to do this, so she hears about it. Uh, I'll, I'll pay for it later. But she said, you know, people need to know that God not, not only forgives when we say a bad word or have road rage, but he, forgi he forgives the big sins too. And I said, I don't have road rage. But we do small things. But our God is big enough to cover road rage and saying a bad word and being uh, negligent, leaving the church and or doing things you shouldn't do. God's grace can cover that as we uh, repent of our sins and we follow him with all that we have. You know, the angel, the angel, Mark 16, told Mary Magdalene, go tell the disciples and who else? That Christ has arisen. Go tell the disciples and Peter. 
Tell Peter because I need him. I'm going to need Peter now in only a few days. And that told Peter that the Lord said, you know, we'll deal with this. And it isn't good. You did what you did. I'm sorry you did. And, but it's over. You move past that because we have greater things to do. Tell the, the disciples and tell Peter that I am arisen. What a great, a God's grace is so big. We don't even know one day when we, we all get to heaven and we see the things we see, the glory of heaven and see the Lord Jesus Christ and see the uh, God the Father, uh, we'll know a little bit more about how big God really is. I wanted to uh, do one more point. This is a little two or three sermon series. God also is big enough, His presence is big enough to go with us everywhere. God is big enough to go with us everywhere. In fact, on the Sea of Galilee, there on that occasion, Jesus walks on the shore. He knows they're there. He's omniscient. He knows His seven loved ones are there. And when you have a full diet of fishing when you don't catch anything. This is a metaphor, I'm not saying fishing. But when you have a full night when things don't go, go your way very well, I want you to know the Lord, He'll be there. He's that unidentified man or being on the shore uh, calling your name, calling out to you. God the Father. In Psalm 139, young people, if you have to stay in this, go here when you have difficulties, go to Psalm 139 where David says, you've searched me, you've known me, you know when I sit down, you know when I rise up, you know every word, you know every thought. You knew me even before I was born in the womb. God is omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent. And then at the end, David does an amazing thing. He was so overwhelmed by what happens here, he said, Lord, search me. Now, I don't want the Lord to search me too far, but he said, Lord, search me and know me. Try my thoughts and see if there be anything wicked in my life. Uh, be blessed today to know that we have a God who's big enough to be everywhere, God our Father. And then Christ Jesus, Hebrews 4, that great passage, when there Paul, no doubt the writer, says we have a high priest. Our high priest is Jesus, not going once into the most holy place, but going once and for all to heaven, and there he intercedes for our sins. Hebrews 4.15 says he knows our infirmities. He was tempted like we are, yet without sin. Then he says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Of those who fail, Peter, Thomas, the two unnamed disciples, you or I, we can go to our Father in heaven through the name of Jesus Christ, and He is our high priest. We approach the throne of grace. Listen, not the throne of criticism. And sometimes we can be critical of people in the church who aren't as strong as they should be or as strong as we want them to be. And that criticism can lead them to leave more than encourage them. But you have a high priest. You go to the throne of grace, and it's not the throne of judgment. For that, I'm glad. 
And then, according to Romans 8, the Holy Spirit is there with us. In Romans the 8th chapter, in verse 26, in this great chapter about the Spirit that God gives to us as Christians, He sends in the hearts of those who are His sons. Galatians 4, verse 6, He says, The Spirit also helps our weaknesses, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Don't analyze that. If you don't want, just realize that when you pray, there is an assistant, there is an adversary, a, a, an advocate. There is a, the Holy Spirit goes to uh, take our prayers to God's throne, and there is Christ on God's right hand. I want to mention this last two things. I want to mention the Yellowstone one more time. I, my, one of my rules is mention Yellowstone in every sermon. On the, fourth, on the third day of our trip in 2021, Todd was over here and I, we had to leave Randy and Roy and we got lost. We were lost for four days. It's quite a story. I couldn't make it up. And I remember on that Wednesday morning, July the 14th, when Todd and I came to the Snake River and we knew we had no idea where we were and it was scary. And I remember standing there in that cold water looking out and a peace kind of came over me. I thought, you know, if I live, I live to the Lord. If I die, I die to the Lord. Whether we live or die, we are the Lord's Romans 14. And I knew that I had the Father in heaven who's on the throne in heaven. He's, he's ready for me, he'll call us home. I have Jesus, Jesus Christ, the Lord, who is my intercessor and our, my mediator, my high priest. And I have the Holy Spirit even uh, intercede as we prayed those days. Plus 10,000 times 10,000 angels. Who knows what all God does for us. How big is God? God is big enough. His grace is so big. Also, He is everywhere to help us. Well, I've tried my best to tell this story. And I want to add one more thing is maybe uh, Daniel, or maybe Jeremy, on tomorrow night when you sing those songs, or maybe you can sing that chorus here uh, when we all sing together. Uh, maybe you can sing for us. How big is God? How big is wide his vast domain? To try to tell these lips can only start. I try to start today. But please, as you go out in your lives, uh, don't ever, ever, ever forget how big God is.